You're listening to the Health Coach Nation podcast. My name is Haley Rowe, and I'm a business coach for online health coaches who want to attract their ideal clients, stop feeling defeated by their never-ending to-do list, balance a healthy lifestyle with their growing business, and stop overanalyzing what everybody thinks of them so that they can confidently own their message and online presence. On this podcast, we dive deep into health information you can share with your clients, business strategy tips, and more. Let's get to it. Hey, y'all. Before we get into today's episode, December is the last month to enter to win prizes by leaving a written review on iTunes. So if you leave a written review on iTunes, you will be entered to win early bird discounts for my coaching programs, which can save you up to $500, or you could win a free 30-day supply of Recovery Bits, which is organic chlorella. It's very healthy for you. It's third-party lab-tested, non-GMO, organic, one ingredient, just good old chlorella, which is basically one of the most nutrient-dense foods in the world, according to NASA and the United Nations. And it's $120 in value, so you don't want to miss out on these prize opportunities And I can't wait to read your reviews and see what your favorite episode is or what you like about the show. And let's get into today's interview. Thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate you and you spending your time investing in your knowledge and your skill set. All right, here we go. All right, I'm here today with Dr. Robin. And Dr. Robin is a former competitive beach volleyball player who has spent her career using goal achievement psychology to motivate, inspire, and focus clients on achieving success. And she holds a certificate from the Center for Nutrition Studies at Cornell University. And Dr. Robin left the world of psychology to get rid of her fluffy middle and concentrate on getting healthy along with her husband, Russ, a former competitive bodybuilder and trainer for the Mr. Olympic Tour. She has co-founded Whole Food Muscle Club and is the co-author of How to Feed a Human the Whole Food Muscle Way. And she highlights her journey of a plant-based diet with no fake food, coupled with exercise and a healthy lifestyle. So I'm really excited to welcome Dr. Robin to the show, and I can't wait to dive into a lot of these very impressive projects you've been working on and how you've been changing lives. Thanks so much for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you. All right, so let's dive in. What led you to turning your career into helping people get healthy? Well, so I've always been, um, you know, pretty athletic and, and ate, thought I ate well and whatever. But as I started to, you know, get past being in my 20s and things started changing a little bit, um, I realized that I wasn't, I wasn't as healthy as I once was. My cholesterol was going up. Um, I was gaining weight. And I went to my doctor and I was like, okay, I don't understand. Like I work out all the time. I eat healthy. And we were eating at that time kind of the Mediterranean diet. And my doctor said, well, yeah, you know, you're kind of getting to a certain age. You can expect to gain weight every year. And I told her, I'm like, that can't be right. So I went on, you know, all the traditional diets. I tried all the things and I worked out harder and nothing worked. So I went back to her and I said, I don't understand. I'm doing it all right. And she said to me, you know, Robin, you're going to have to accept this is your new body. Maybe you should see a psychologist about your body dysmorphic disorder. Oh, man. 
And I was like, no, wait a minute. I am a psychologist. I don't have body dysmorphic disorder. I am legitimately overweight. Like that is the problem. And so that kind of put me on my own personal mission to find out, you know, how do our bodies age? How, what should we be eating? What kind of exercise should we be doing? And it was really a personal journey for me. And so my, you know, my executive coaching business and all of that was, was very separate from that. But when I figured it out, my, my clients started saying, my speaker clients, executive coaching clients started saying, wait, what are you doing? Because you're losing weight. You look younger, you look better, you have more energy. And I, you know, I said to them, I said, yeah, my cholesterol is better too. And they were like, wait, wait, what are you doing? And it became kind of a thing where I, I had to decide, am I going to integrate the health and nutrition stuff that I learned for me as part of something that I'm going to kind of do for clients? And, and that's kind of how the business started was, okay, how do I make this work um, both for me and for my clients? Yeah, wow. Well, it always seems like there's a personal journey that everybody has to go through in order to, at least from what I've seen with my clients, they always have their own journey they went through and now they want to help others you know, get healthy and feel the same way and know how good you can actually feel. And I love this theme that you didn't just settle and you didn't just say, well, yeah, you're right. Maybe I should just accept getting older and getting, um, on, you know, feeling like this low energy and that kind of thing. Um, so when you did start to make that shift business-wise, uh, going from being an executive uh, coach to actually doing health coaching, can you tell us a little bit about what you started doing differently, what had to change, and kind of that journey? Yeah, sure. So, well, first it started out with just I was adding health coaching into my executive coaching conversation. So, you know, when I'm on, when I'm on retainer with people, they're pretty much allowed to talk about anything they wanted to. And I found that people were wanting to talk more and more about their own personal health um, as part of their own journey uh, in my executive coaching but then it start, I started getting questions from people who, you know, they're not at the level where they can have just someone on retainer all the time. And they, they were wanting stuff from me. And I'm like, well, you know, I, that's not really the way my business model works. And so what, what my husband and I ended up doing is kind of creating a separate little business that had the online access, like the Whole Food Muscle Club, where people could get online access. And we started doing like monthly webinars where we were like, okay, ask us anything. What do you need? So we tried to make ourselves available in a way that made sense for us professionally, but also made sense for the people who wanted to work with us who aren't those, you know, high level executives in big companies that have huge budgets. Right. So you paid attention to, okay, this can't be the same exact model for executive coaching. And you started this membership program called the Whole Food Muscle Club. Mm -hmm. And tell us about what did you do? Because a lot of my audience listening probably at some point wants to have a membership or a group program. Um, and how would you, as somebody new to that, how did you go about it? So you started with the webinars. And what did you do to decide on like the pricing and how this Whole Food Muscle Club was going to work? What was your process to develop that? Well, so it started with doing Facebook lives. Um, we've been doing Facebook lives, in, you know, in our, on our page and in our group, uh, five days a week for oh, God, two and a half years now. And so it started out with, with that, just trying to do Facebook lives, letting people know about it. And then that kind of gave us our, our base of, you know, who are the people who are interested in what we're doing? And then you know, we did all the things that you, people do when they start out. We did surveys, we talked to people, 
Uh, we put out offers. It, you know, it, it seems like it's kind of, we look at what other people were doing and what they were offering. So there's a, there's a lot of research that goes into creating um, a membership site. I think a lot of people think it's just, well, oh, I just throw up some content and people join. Um, and that's not really how it works. You have to have, um, you know, kind of a better way about that. And, you know, it, it, it kind of was an evolved process. Yeah. So Facebook lives is amazing. And you, it sounds like you got in, you said for two, you were doing it for over two years now, right? Yeah, we, it was two years in uh, last October. So, okay. So you were in on the Facebook lives when it was really hot and new kind of maybe, right? Or... Yeah, it was definitely one of those things where, where people used to ask me, you know, how, how are you brave enough to do that? How, how do you just get up there and talk? And, and I would say, you know, if you know your content and if you're constantly learning, you just do it. And that's one thing that has definitely served me really well as I'm, I'm comfortable in front of a camera and because I'm comfortable in front of a camera now, so is my husband. Um, and that's just a learned thing. You just have to do it. And you know, one of the, and I'll, I'll give a little tip. This is from my executive coaching uh, experience. If you're afraid, if you have fear, the question you have to ask yourself is who are you allowing to judge you and why? And if you can kind of work through that, and that's that's a big question, you know, obviously I recommend you work with a coach on that. But if you can work through that, who are you allowing to judge you and why, you'll overcome that fear of the camera and, and you'll be able to get up in front of, you know, pretty much anybody and, and talk about your expertise. Yes, I love that question. Another really good one is who taught you that? Like, so if you have a, a habit or you see yourself as shy or can never do public speaking, who taught you that? You know, because usually it comes from a bad experience or someone telling you you can't do something or someone discouraging you. And um, so I love both of those. I love that you were able to get in front of the camera and not fear what other people thought of you. And when you do your lives, how do you, what have you found really works for engaging people and kind of building up the audience and the community? Um, do you have any tips around that? Well, you know, obviously talking about things that people find interesting is always really important. And, you know, some of our lives are, are really, really popular and others people like aren't engaged and that sometimes happens. And that, I think that's one of the hardest things of being in this business where we procure and share information is that it's hard, it's hard to know, like, what are they going to know? But as you get into it and now more we have people who ask us questions and when when your audience are the ones providing you with the content that they want to hear that makes it a lot easier um, but at the beginning when we first started i was basically sharing what i thought was interesting and one thing i definitely learned is i'm much more scientific than our audience is like the stuff the nitty-gritty science is really interesting to me but when i talk about that um, on our lives, our audience kind of goes, oh, that's over my head. I can't just tell me what I'm supposed to do. So that was something I had to learn. Well, so when you are working on your lives and creating content, um, have you found, do you go live at like the same time every day, same place? So it's yep. kind of like an episode. Okay. Yep. We do 915 Eastern um, and we, we've tested it. We started out doing it just on our Facebook page. Then we tested doing it just in our group. And now since Facebook has changed the way you can do it, we do both. We do it live um, on our Facebook page and in our Facebook group and at the same time. The other thing that we've done, and this is, this is uh, recent that new, is that we only leave them up for a week. And then they become oh. exclusive content to our members. So we it, it's a value add for our members. So people who 
want to see it. And that's true with the cooking show I do too, which I do in our Facebook group. It's up for a week. And if you miss it, you have to be a member to, to see it. I love that idea. Yes. Yeah, so you're creating some urgency around you got to watch this within a week and also adding some value to your membership program. And when you stream the Facebook Live, not only on your page, but in your group, do you use, do you just share it or do you use a platform that does that for you? No, we, we do it on Facebook. So Facebook has a new thing. If you're on your page and you fill out the, the live thing before you go live at the very bottom and you have to scroll to see it, you don't even know it's there. It says, do you want to share it in a group? And if you type your group name, it'll pop up and it'll share it at live as you're doing Amazing. It. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So that's, those are some good tips. And regarding the membership, now that you're saying, okay, now we add our older lives there to add value. How did you come up with, okay, you researched what people want and you put together what you thought they would want to purchase as a monthly membership. But mm -hmm. what is, what does that look like and how do you keep it fresh and how do you keep members coming back month after month? Well, so I, we've found definitely the cooking show that I do is really popular. People really like to watch me, uh, you know, cook the plant-based meals that we make. Um, the, the monthly ask us anything webinar is a big draw for people. They love the opportunity to get on with us live and talk to us directly, uh, live on our, our monthly webinar. And then we also have a community page that is off of Facebook. So it doesn't have, um, the issues and the privacy issues that Facebook groups and stuff have. It's actually a community page just on our, um, website and we put content on there and we answer questions on there and people interact with each other. So there's, a, it's not just us saying here's the content, but there are other members there too, who are on this journey and who are, you know, really interested in supporting other people as well. Love that. Very cool. And so you use your website personally to host the membership site. You don't use a different platform. Yeah. So we're right. We're real. We're really fortunate in that my husband, Russ um, also has a graphic design and web design business. That was nice. his, he's, and he's been in that business for 25 years. And so he is able to do all that back end stuff. I'm kind of the content generator person and he's the back end person. I love that you're saying that right now because I think a lot of our listeners are doing this all by themselves and it's so true that we have to look at what am I really, what's my zone of genius, what could I do and not get tired and it just feels good versus what could I outsource or what teammates do I need and what are the keys skills they need to have that I just don't have. And while many people can't outsource in the beginning of their business because either they can't afford it or they're just not ready yet. Um, I do think there comes a time where it's actually costing you to be the person wearing all the hats and be the operator and the artist and the, you know, all of the things, the video star and the, right. Right. So, um, and I think people wait too long. They wait yes. too long to make that choice and, and, and they wait too long to bring in, you know, I, I saw someone say something on a, on a group the other day where they said, you know, nobody told me X, Y, Z thing. And they ended up, you know, in a bad situation in their business. And someone replied to her, there is actually a profession that would help you with that. It's called a business coach. And I think that people want to, they, they, I feel like they want to make all the mistakes themselves and it costs them a lot of money. So don't, don't feel like you have to make all the mistakes yourself. I think that that's a, a bad mentality to have in business. Completely agree. I have learned that the hard way too. I spent over six months trying to, when I, was relaunching my coaching business. And I say relaunch because I kind of gave up on it to work at another job for a while. Um, 
I spent six months just trying to figure things out and messing up and not really going anywhere. And then I got in a group program and within three months of that group program that was eight months long, I had already made back the money, learned a lot, changed a lot of things in my business. And then from there, I graduated and went, got a private coach. And, you know, it's just kind of like you have to take those baby steps. And even just starting from where you're at, if you can't start with a private coach because maybe it's too expensive, start with a group program or start with something that's going to help you conveniently get the information and have a fast track. And I think a good conversation that you and I could have, because you and I have both probably experienced this, is how do you choose someone? How do you tell the charlatans from the real authentic experts? And how do you yeah. choose a really good either group program or coach or whatever it is? Totally. I have kind of sent some emails about that, but I would love to hear your um, perspective because I have made bad decisions before in my business and I've also made really good ones, but it's, it's, it's been hard to know because there's so much out there and there's so many big claims and, you know, it, we're just people who want to be trusting and want the best support. So I personally have made mistakes. Um, so I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on that. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I first started my business, um, I lost $20,000 because I, I invested in somebody who was a charlatan. Wow. And it, set my, it set my business back probably easily 18 months, easily. Um, you know, and that was 10 years ago, but still, it's, that's, that's painful to spend that kind of money. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> and, and have somebody basically steal it from you because they say they can do things that they don't actually do. And they're really good at, at grabbing onto your emotions and twisting and telling you, if you want to be successful, you have to hire me or you're going to be a failure. And I think if, you know, we, hum, as humans, we tend to buy emotionally and they're really good at twisting that. And if, if someone is making you feel badly for not buying their service, that's a red flag for me. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I just wrote this email that said basically like, it's hard to know who to trust because they make you feel stupid for not buying their program. They make it sound like their answer is the only answer. They make it sound like, you know, if you don't do this, you're not going to succeed. And the truth is anybody can succeed with anything using Google and using their resources and talking to people and what, right. But it is true that it's, it's better obviously to go to an expert and get a well, system and structure, but. Yeah, yeah, the question is, do you want to shorten the learning curve? Right. Because you're right. Anybody can learn anything. And, and, you know, I tell people that all the time. You could absolutely learn all the things that I know. It'll take you 20 or 25 years, but absolutely you could learn it. So the question is, do you want to spend the next 20 or 25 years knowing what I to learn what I already know? Or do you want to pay me my fee? And then you can just jump that learning curve and move on from there. Right. Totally. And I've never been the person who feels comfortable like some of the other uh, coaches out there to make huge claims that aren't true. I've always said, you know, here's what my experience has been. Here's what my clients have actually been able to do. I say the real actual results. I don't mm -hmm. over, I don't over, you know, make things up. And I think it's actually frustrating because I've heard horror stories on calls with coaches who are, stuck and they're saying things like well so and so told me they could make me x dollars in x days and you know they promised all these things and then they went dark on me or so and so mm -hmm. just sent me voice notes about what they felt like talking about that day and it wasn't really a coaching relationship it was just like some inspirational cheerleading like mm -hmm. i just it it drives me 
nuts because it makes my field, it makes me seem like one of those people because everybody else is, a lot of people are doing that. Um, So it, it is frustrating. The other thing I think that people need to be aware of is there's no such thing as a silver bullet. And if someone's trying to sell you one, run. Yeah, totally. Like, I mean, I, I, I get it all the time, and you probably do too. In the health industry, people are looking for that, what pill can I take? How can I make it easy? I, you know, My life is an inconvenience. I don't want to fight with it. There is no easy button. There is no silver bullet. And if someone's selling you one, they're lying to you and just taking your money. If you want the truth, you need to work with someone who actually knows what they're talking about. It's going to show you how to climb the mountain. Yes, completely. And it's hard because marketing is marketing results, benefits, fast track, shortcut. Mm -hmm. You know, if you wrote a book called, if your book, so you have Whole Food Muscle Way and Whole Mm -hmm. Food Muscle Club. If your book was called, you know, The Long Journey to Transitioning to Plant-Based, nobody would (laughs) buy it. it. Right. So tell me a little bit about, and actually that shifts us to the marketing behind this membership program. Um, What's been really helpful as far as marketing goes and getting the word across and, um, you know, getting people to join well, so it's been it's been a really interesting journey for us. Um, it started originally as R and R journey because my name is Robin and my husband's name is Russ, so R and R journey, and it was working, although not as well as it could. And so we did we brought on um, a marketing person because you know neither one of us are super intense marketers, especially for the online space. And he said, well, this sounds like it's your journey, and you're asking people to join it. We have to figure out a way to to make it sound you know, be more about their journey. And so we, you know, worked on that. And that's how we came up with Whole Food Muscle, because that is, um, you know, more about where people are trying to get. They want to eat more whole food. They want to be more muscular. They want to be healthier, whatever. So we had, we had to be willing to pivot. And I think that that's something that I see a lot of people make a mistake in this space where they get kind of hooked into where they are and they're unwilling to pivot. Yes, completely agree. Um, so, and what you just said there about how it's really important to make it about their journey. I have you read the book, this building your story brand by Donald Miller. I don't know if I've read that one. I've read, have you read story wars? It sounds like it might be similar. Story wars is really good one too. I'll check it out. But really what, what he was saying in that, and I think your, your guys probably, I mean, he sounds spot on because that book is about how you have to make it the hero in your brand story needs to be the client, not you. Right. Um, and you're, you're the guide, but they go through, you know, your, everything in your marketing has to be always what's in it for them, what, what about them. Um, so how, what, how did you do that? What are some ways, like, for example, did you develop, um, like give us some of the ways you've been able to change your copy or change um, some of the ways that you're marketing the program that worked? Yeah, so we, it started out uh, with, you know, we, so we had R&R Journey, um, which is hard to say, right, because it's R, the letter R, the letter N, the letter, letter R, and especially mm-hmm. when I started doing interviews, that, w- that was hard to say. Like, it's hard to tell people, look for R&R Journey. So we had to decide how are we going to make it Whole Food Muscle and Whole Food Muscle Club, and it became where we, we started with both of them together. Okay, we have R&R Journey, and we're the, we're the um, founders of the Whole Food Muscle Club. And then over time, we just switched it to where we started talking about um, the Whole Food Muscle Club. 
And so, and we kind of started uh, phasing out on our journey. And, you know, I haven't actually asked any of our clients if they, if they noticed the, the transition, but it, it seemed, at least from my point of view, to go really smoothly. And we saw an uptick in the membership as we started to change the way we talked about it. And, you know, when we, we added the, um, the kind of tagline, the plant-based program for all fitness levels. I love and that. that. Yeah, that really helped to help people know that, you know, it's a plant-based program and no matter where you are in your fitness, whether, you know, you are at that elite level, like my husband used to be a competitive bodybuilder and I was a volleyball player, or maybe you're really new and you just are trying to figure it out. That That's us. That's what we do. And I think that that really helped as well as being able to say, this is who we are, this is what we do, and this is who we can help. And it really makes it clear of who we don't help. Like, we don't help people who want to lose weight fast and be on keto and, you know, do all these crazy um, quick pills fix things. Like, that's not us. That's not the way, what we're, who we're helping. And I think that really made a difference for us, too. Yeah, it's so important to say who you're not for, too, or communicate it with, without actually saying it just through your, you know, the way you show up online. Mm -hmm. Because I think in the coaching world, it is a personal, you have to feel personally connected to your coach or your consultant, or if you're going to get a program like this, you want to feel connected to the founders and like you're going to belong with the members. And so I think people are sometimes afraid to be who they really are and to say who it's not for because they don't want to scare anybody away when they're mm -hmm. really hoping for clients. But I think it's important because otherwise you're going to have people in there that are totally ruining the culture or that are totally um, not a fit and going to leave you bad reviews, right? So it's just as important for us as business owners to be choosy about who we want to work with and, and who this really is made for just as much as it is important for the client to decide based on who they resonate with. If, if you aren't really clear on who you work with and, and who your client is, you basically work with no one because you can't work with everyone. It's not a yeah. thing. And I think you know, to the point that you just made, you know, it has to be about them and their journey and where they're going and what they want to achieve. But we also have to be willing to share our story because if you don't share who you are, they won't know you and then they won't trust you. And if they don't know and trust you, they're not going to be willing to work with you. And they're certainly not going to want to pay you, you know, a monthly you know, retainer fee or a monthly fee for your, your program or whatever. Like they're not going to want to do that if they don't know who you are. Right. So how have you kind of overcome some of the common objections that were keeping people or that keep people from signing up for your membership program? So for example, like, do you offer if they enroll for three months in a row, they get something special or I don't know, is there anything you do um, that has helped with creating some urgency and creating more conversions and, and more loyalty to the membership program? Uh, so for us, once people are kind of in the membership, they, they really see the value. So we, we don't have to, it's not something where we have to worry about people leaving because typically they don't, um, they stay. But the bigger issue that we have up front is people say, well, I can just do it myself. And so that's kind of one of the big hurdles that we have to help people overcome is the belief that they can do it themselves. And that basically comes down to asking them, well, have you done it yourself? Has that worked for you? You know, where are you? Why are you still searching? And we definitely, there are people who come in and, and they, and then they, they don't, they don't do it. Like they don't do the program. 
And then they say, well, this doesn't work. And, and so we have to deal with that, like that conversation of, well, the program works if you do it, but you have to do it. And you probably deal with this too, people who don't do the work and then they complain that your program isn't, isn't good. So th those are kind of two places where we have hurdles that people have to overcome. One, the belief that oh, I'll just do the research myself, which is actually a procrastination statement because mm. nobody's going to actually do the research. They're not going to do it. They're just going to say they're going to do it and they're going to continue doing exactly what they've been doing. So that's procrastination. So we have to deal with that. And then there's the, oh, your program doesn't work for me. And that's because they're not actually doing the work. And that's a different conversation. So true. And doing the work is, it's, I, it's hard because you can't control somebody else, but mm -hmm. I think what you can do and what you've done just kind of based on what we've talked about is you've selected and, and shared that this program is for people who, you know, are at all fitness levels and want to be able to transition to a plan. Like you're clear about what it could do for them if they do the work and you're not, at least for me with my clients, I work with health coaches usually and life coaches and usually they're very driven just innately and into personal development innately and so it makes my job easier as far as them being able to do the work so mm -hmm. has it has any sorry excuse me there has anything helped as far as getting people to do the work and getting clients who are driven for this this program oh yeah absolutely so we have a we have a talk that we do called your body can't count calories and neither should you and that's, it's a really fun talk to do. It you know, explains to people why calories aren't really a thing and, and whatnot. But one of the things that we talk about in that talk is, is success saboteurs, which you know, things like procrastination, believing in moderation, fears of carbohydrates, uh, portion control and calorie counting. And when we talk about you know, rediscover your inner gladiator by letting go of these saboteurs, you know, and, and we get into the, to the psychology because I am a psychologist. So willpower, fatigue, distraction, addiction, other sabotage. So many of us have people in our lives who love us into failure and just that lack of support. So there are definitely things that when people start struggling or they're not doing the work where I can start having conversations. And if they're one-on-one -on -one clients, obviously there's one kind of conversation. If they're um, more just the group client, then it's during the live webinars where people ask questions. And we can get into these different things that, that kind of hold people back from actually making progress once they've become members. Love it. So you do have a little bit of a thing that makes you stand out, which is you go into some of the behind the scenes mindset stuff, the self-sabotage, all of that. Mm -hmm. I love that. And how else would you say you've been able to set up the Whole Food Muscle Club in a way that stands out maybe from other membership programs? Well, obviously, the fact that I'm a psychologist um, is, is a pretty big deciding factor because there aren't very many psychologists who are also specialized in nutrition. So that's one thing. The other thing is, is, you know, we have Russ as a former competitive bodybuilder and trainer on the Mr. Olympia tour who can create workouts. So there are actually workouts available to our members. Um, if they're, even if they're only just members of the group, there's workouts that are in there that they can do and they can start on. And if they're a one-on-one -on -one client, we actually create workouts and, and follow them and help them with that. So I think that the balance of, you know, the nutrition and the plant-based eating and the psychology and the fitness, adding the fitness piece in really makes us stand out in the market. Love it. And was there ever a time with this membership where you really were seeing no results or it hit a plateau or you were just getting frustrated? And if so, 
what did you learn from that or what did you change to turn things around? Oh yeah, there was definitely a time. And then, you know, sometimes we still see lulls and we're, it's like, okay, well, what do we, what do we change? What happened? You know, so there's always a question we're asking and it's not just us. It's not just Russ and I, we have a coach that we work with as well. And I'm a firm believer that every coach should have a coach and, you know, trying to figure out what does it look like? And it, it's really frustrating. And I think that that's one of the things about being an entrepreneur is that you have to be willing to kind of deal with that frustration and what, whether that means that you, you know, read another book or you go find another expert or whatever, always keep learning. And that's what works for me. And I mean, I'm a, I'm definitely a content drinker. Like I love me content. Too. I, I read books about everything, psychology, marketing, sales, nutrition, obviously, like all of it. If I can find books, I, I read them. If I can attend webinars, I do. And that really helps me get through those lull periods is, is just continuing to, to, to kind of grow who I am and grow my knowledge. That's what really helps me. So true. It's so important to, the most important person in your business to pour into is yourself because when you're not filled up and you're not ready to go and you're not excited about what you're doing, it's going to be really hard to generate that feeling in other people and get them excited. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the, the thing about what you said about having a coach and having to tweak things and pivot and pay attention to what's going on around you, um, what have been some of the biggest mistakes maybe that, that you've made with this journey? Um, well, I think definitely at the beginning when we, when we, we, so at the beginning, I guess we didn't really expect it to be a business. It was kind of just going to be this offshoot thing that we did, um, for fun. Um, and I, you know, aside from our other two businesses. And so we treated it that way. And what we realized is that it was sucking a lot of our time and a lot of our energy. And we weren't being compensated for that because we weren't treating it like a business. We were treating it more like a hobby that maybe had some money making potential and so that was a decision that we had to make. We had to say, all right, am I going to spend time on this and make it actually work? Or am I going to not do it because it's, it's sucking so much of my time? And I think that was a mistake early on. Yeah, definitely. I, we've all been there. I feel like, I feel like a lot of coaches love it so much and, and a lot of course creators or, or content creators and membership people, they just love what they do so much that sometimes they don't treat it like a business and it's, it's hard to get better and sustain it when you're not doing that. Um, okay. And as far as the marketing goes, you do your Facebook lives five times mm -hmm. a week. Mm -hmm. You have, um, a book. Okay. Which mm -hmm. I'm sure has been part of the plan. Um, yep. how, how to feed a human, how to feed a human. And what have you found to be the best return as far as, the marketing goes? Do you, is it mostly word of mouth that is the best thing? Or, or like, what have you done that's been really something that's paid off in your marketing? Oh, far, far, and, far and away, the most ROI we get is speaking engagements. Really? Oh, yeah. And part of that is because I, I've been a public speaker for 10 years, and I've been teaching public speaking for 10 years. And so I'm actually a really good public speaker. And that far and away gives us the best return on investment. People, you know, buy books back a room, then they become members, then they hire us uh, for one-on-one -on -one coaching. So there's a real funnel there of, of how it works. And yeah, far and away, public speaking has been the uh, biggest thing for us. Nice. So I know you said you have uh, experience 
doing that and, and you teach others to do that. How did you get started with your first speaking gig? Did you pitch oh. yourself with a cheat sheet? Or, I mean, a one sheet or what did you do to, to my, start so, that? Oh, my, my very first speaking gig. Oh, this is so embarrassing. So my very first speaking gig, um, I had just finished my graduate program and I had been working um, as a sports psychologist with uh, a coach and she recommended me to the NCAA and that I should speak at one of their conferences. And they asked me, well, how much? And I was like, oh, I don't know, $500 plus expenses, which was a stupid number. That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I didn't know. So that's what I said. And I did a horrible job. I did a terrible job uh, because I didn't know. I had no public speaking experience. But um, I was super cheap and I, you know, I was recommended by this coach. And so they brought me in. I flew up to Boston and, and spoke and it was a mess. They didn't have a hotel room for me. The whole thing was a disaster. But it was my first opportunity to, and I and I learned a ton from it. And that I think is the big thing that people need to recognize is that you know what, your first speaking engagement, you're going to look back on it like I do ten years ago and go, oh my goodness, I cannot believe that's so embarrassing. Yeah. But you just have to get up there and do it. And you know, not everybody's going to have that opportunity where their first gig is paid. And I totally get that. But there are a lot of free options out there. And so the advice that I would give you is twofold. One, always record yourself public speaking. I don't care if you're talking in front of three people. Always record it. One of the best investments I've made in my business is a, a camera for recording video with a good microphone because you never know how you can um, repurpose that content, but also because it lets you learn. Um, if you don't, and if you are one of those people who say, Oh, I hate to watch myself speak. You're not doing it enough. Mm. I love to watch myself speak. So yeah, absolutely. You have to do that. And the second thing that you need to do, especially if you're new to public speaking is have someone transcribe your talk. And tell them to do it word for word. Tell them not to take out the ums or the uhs or the whatever. Oh, my gosh. Word for word, because it'll teach you about your verbal tics. Yes, that is so good. And when you do these, after you did your first one, did you, how did you get more? Did you get a, a PR person? Did you reach out to people the old-fashioned way? What was your approach to that? Yeah, I started, so I started sending some pitches, but also, um, Coaches started, so I was working at that time with my first book, which is called Stop the Drama, The Ultimate Guide to Female Teams. So I was doing a lot of speaking um, in the university circuit. Nice. And every athletic coach has um, an organization they're part of. So there's the uh, women's, Women Coaches Basketball Association, the Golf Coaches Association, the Softball Coaches Association. There's all these associations. And so as I spoke at one, um, people would hear about me and then I would get a call. Hey, can you speak at this one? And then I started like finding them and saying, Hey, I've spoken at these three. Would you like me to come and speak to yours? And so it was a kind of both. It was a little bit of word of mouth and a lot of reaching out to people and saying, Hey, I do this. And you know, some of them were like, Oh, we don't pay or you have to pay us. And I, that's one thing I've always been really firm about. I do not pay to give away my content. Yeah, that's good. And, that's been always a firm line for me. I do not pay people to give away my content. Boundaries. I love it. Yes. Okay. So you, you did it kind of through pitching yourself and following up and doing the regular old fashioned approach. And, and you know what? And we still do that. I still reach out to, you know, trade shows and whatever around nutrition and say, Hey, this is who I am. This is what we do. 
we'd love to come and speak. You know, can you buy books? Like we, and we have lots of different ways to make it work. Cool. What has, what have you found gets the best response? Um, it really depends. I mean, we, so we have a PR person who does some, some work for us and it depends upon who they are and what they're looking for. Um, sometimes just picking up the phone works or sending an email works. Sometimes they ignore you. Um, I can't really say there's a, oh, this, do this. If you're going to only do one thing, do this thing. Right. Um, I would say you have to get out there and find them. Whether you set up a Google alert for, you know, whatever your niche is. And every time something pops up, you kind of follow up on that. And that's the hardest thing, right? Being consistent with following up with those kind of things. Yeah. And like now we're trying to get into doing corporate wellness and, and doing, you know, leadership, health leadership events and stuff. And that means you're kind of trying to get into a different little market. And that means making these cold calls and asking the questions. And that means having a good pitch and really knowing kind of what are you selling and what, what is the end result for them? Why do they want to hire you? Yes. So you have hit on a lot of really important points. One is just you have to be willing to get messy, get started, and keep going no matter if you get a result, you know, somebody responding or not. Um, you, every new level that you decide to tackle, it's going to be hard all over again, and it's going to mm -hmm. be new all over again, and you're going to have to do cold calls all over again, right? And yep. then the last thing I wanted to bring up is the fact that you – did a TEDx talk in the past mm -hmm. I did. Um, and it's called creating success out of chaos. So mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about that and how did you go about getting that gig? Um, so well, let me talk a little bit about the talk because I think it's super important. It's about um, imposter syndrome and the belief that you don't belong. And that is definitely something that I have struggled with my entire career. I tell people all the time, I look really good on paper, but I don't necessarily believe it. And I think that that's something that a lot of people um, feel. And so it was important to me to be able to share that message, to say, look, even someone who looks as accomplished as I am has fears and doesn't like picking up the phone and doing the cold calling and whatever. And so that that was kind of the impetus for the the content was, sharing my story and who I am, how I ended up on the stage. Um, I had a client who was a speaker client and she came to me and said, Hey, I've been I've invited to give this TEDx talk. Can you help me with it? And I didn't really, I mean, I knew what they were, but I had no idea about like how to create one. So I, you know, I did the thing that you do. I went and did a bunch of research and read some books and figured out, you know, what is this and can I do it? And I went back to her and I was like, yeah, I can, I can do that. Let's figure it out. And so we sat down together, we wrote her talk together and then I helped her uh, give it. I actually, she has a recording of me doing her talk so that she could see the inflections and the way to kind of, cause she, I love her to death, but she can't tell a joke to save her life. Um, so teaching her how to tell the jokes and the talk and whatever. And so that's how I kind of ended up in the space is that that client had that talk. And then it became a thing of, Oh wait, you can write TEDx talks. Can you help me write mine? And and then become became that. And I I became known to some of the organizers of TEDx talks, and they were sending people to me. And then um, I thought, you know what? Why haven't I applied? And the first time I applied, I got turned down. And the reason I got turned down is because I picked a safe topic. I picked a topic that wasn't authentic to me. It was. Um, about who, who I am professionally. And it was really a very safe topic. And they were like, yeah, that sounds boring. Wow. So, so the second time I applied, I, I went out there and if, if anyone who goes and watches it, and if you just, you know, 
go into TEDx and put creating success out of chaos, it'll come up. They'll see, I t like I tell my story and the, I have members of my family who are not super pleased, uh, uh, but I'm like, you know what? It's mm. my story. I get to tell it my way. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you had to be willing to get really outside of your comfort zone and pick a topic that maybe wouldn't please everybody. And I love that you shared with our audience that you got rejected the first time because I think so often I feel like we live in a world of entitlement almost where people think if I just try something once and if I put myself out there, you know, it should work out. And, and I, you know, I love that attitude. I love the positivity and the optimism, but I also feel like everybody who's been really successful at something, they've probably had major rejections, major awkward moments, a lot of discomfort, a lot of frustration, just like you said earlier in the episode about how you have to be willing to be frustrated and work through that. Um, and so I love hearing these stories about your journey because you've done a lot of stuff. <laughs> you've been very yeah. busy and, and there's been a lot of stuff that worked out and a lot of stuff that maybe didn't work out. So. There's a lot of stuff that hasn't worked out. And I think I'm fortunate and because I do have the competitive athlete background that I know that losing a game or even losing a season doesn't mean that you've, your career has been a waste. And I'm, I'm kind of willing to work through that. And I think that's one thing about having a really good coach, because I think so many entrepreneurs, they're going it alone and they don't have anywhere to go with that frustration of, you know, losing a game or blowing a play or dropping a season or whatever, the, whatever it is, you know, those are all sports metaphors, but if you don't have anywhere to go with that stuff, it's going to build up. And at some point you're going to just say, I can't, I don't have the energy to overcome this anymore. And that's what makes me, I think, a really good coach, whether it's a health coach or an executive coach or a speaker coach, is I've been there. Like I've, I, the world definitely was not handed to me on a silver platter. Yeah, don't struggle alone. <laughs> yeah. That's a big message. And as far as being an executive coach and overcoming imposter syndrome, do you have any tips about imposter syndrome? How can how can somebody stop feeling like maybe I'm not good enough? I don't know enough. I'm not ready yet. I can't coach or start a business because I don't know everything and everybody's better than me, that, that kind of mentality? Yeah, I think the first thing to realize is you never overcome it. It never goes away. There's always that voice in the back of your head that is giving you these negative messages. And one thing I, I've done and I recommend that all my clients do, and I can tell you that most of them do it with great success, is give that voice a name. My voice, I call her Harriet. And I tell Love her it. all the time, Harriet, you can sit in the back seat and you can be quiet. You absolutely cannot drive and you cannot give directions. And I gave her a name because I wanted to be able to tell her to shut up. Love and you that. have you have to learn to recognize that inner voice and be able to say, that is not who I am. It's part of who I am, but it's not who I am. And I'm not going to allow it to dictate the tra trajectory of my life. Wow, that's a good one. I don't know what I would name her, but I like that yours is named Harriet. <laughs> well, I would definitely say don't name it a popular name where it's somebody you're going to run into. <laughs> yeah. um, don't name it something that's already attached to you, your brain in some way, like someone you didn't like in, in grade school or whatever, because you want it to be unique to you. Mm -hmm. um, I, have, I have one client who named her Scarlett mm -hmm. um, after Scarlett O'Hara and whatever, but you know, just find a name that it means something to you, but is unique to you and that isn't going to be muddied with other, other emotions and other things. Good tip. I love that. And any final words, if your business could talk to you right now, because I want to know where you're headed with things, 
If your business could talk to you, what would it say you need to be working on, changing, anything of that nature? Well, um, so I'm, I'm trying right now to, uh, like I said, we're trying to get into the corporate wellness, healthy leadership space. And that's, that's a whole new space for me. So even though I've been in the corporate space as an executive coach and I've done a lot of this work before, actually doing corporate wellness stuff is new. And so I'm, you know, I'm learning about that. And I think the thing for me is that, and you may experience this too, because I love learning, I feel like reading a book is, is joy time and wasting time. And I, I have to give myself permission to do that during my work day. And that's really hard for me. So I think if my business could talk to me, my business would say, stop feeling guilty about learning things that are relevant to moving your business forward. Oh, I love that. I agree with you. I sometimes feel guilty for doing that. Yeah. Well, like sitting and listening to a podcast for an hour, I look at it and I'm like, I don't have time to spend an hour on that. And I'm like, but no, wait, I need to make time because that's something I want to know. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So Dr. Robin, this is awesome. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. And I love that you're continuously learning, improving, willing to go through the hardships or obstacles in order to make your vision come true. And where can our audience find you, learn more about the Muscle Club? And before you go into that, I just want to let everybody know that I'm going to put the TED Talk and the links that Dr. Robin mentions in the show notes at HaleyRowe.com slash membership hyphen site. And so we'll have all that there for you. But um, why don't you go ahead and share where everybody can find you? So the easiest way to find us is just to go to our website, which is wholefoodmuscleclub.com. But if people want to become a member, I have a little secret site that they can go to that has a, a little discount that they can get. So if they go to wholefoodmuscle.com, leave the club off, there's a, um, a secret. Here's you can get a discount here to become a member of the Whole Food Muscle Club. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much. And do you have any final words about if you could maybe give our audience one word of advice if they are feeling stuck right now, what would you say? Um, I would say, and this is something that's part of my TEDx talk, um, each one of us here has a unique voice. And if you don't share your voice, the world loses that opportunity to learn from you. And so don't, don't be shy about sharing your unique journey get your voice out there and uh, don't let the detractors tell you otherwise. There are a lot of us out here who want to hear what you have to say. So go ahead and say it. Love it. Thank you so much, Dr. Robin. All right. Thanks so much for having me. I enjoyed it immensely. Me too. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Be sure to get your free gift over at HaleyRow.com by joining my email list. And remember, you can always connect with me and other health coaches in the Health Coach Nation free Facebook group where I post trainings and videos on how to take your health coaching business to the next level. Can't wait to connect with you. Have an awesome day.